Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey, Hoops fans, do you want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars with Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach? Of course you do. You've heard us talking about this for a long time on the show. Pringles and Cheez-Its are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic all for the win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Team Pringles at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com slash OSP. Visit the site for more details. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. Many people were saying, Tate, that you and I should have been in the Pringles commercial. The sad device. The Super Bowl. Yes, that could have been us. Yep. Many people wanted us in tuxedos eating Pringles. And uh I you know, I think it's I think it's honorable of Pringles to say, No, those two guys were team cheeses from the start. We're not going to to let them do a Pringles commercial. That's how the negotiations went, if I remember correctly. I think it was also a little bit to rub it in our face to show that, look, we can, mm. you know, spend millions of dollars on a Super Bowl ad. So what is your podcast to us? Not much. Team Cheez-It, though, had Cheez-It yesterday. So we're, we're, we're where we belong. We're with Team Cheez-It. And, you mm. know, Pringles is what it is. They're going to keep stacking up. They're going to keep, you know, doing whatever they're doing, <laughs> making these beautiful cans for the people. We understand that. But we're going to stick with our boxes and uh, move along. That's what it is. We are on the right side of history with the boxes and the cheese. <laughs> um, Tate, there was some stuff that happened in college basketball. It is officially college basketball season. I don't know if you saw. The Super Bowl happened. It's over. It's out of our way. Now America turns its eyes to March Madness in early February. I believe that's how it works. There's nothing else going on. There's Well, there's the NBA tread deadline. I should, I should back up. This is like the last week that the NBA matters until the playoffs start, right? So yeah. that matters. The NBA. we got to wait for the trade deadline. Really. It's all entertainment at this point. We're just waiting for Woj to come on mm-hmm. Thursday to say that the Lakers have finally convinced the Pelicans to take their entire team and all the cash that they have in-house for Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. We'll see um, what happens. But, but the larger point remains, Tate. Uh, right as soon as as soon as the clock hit zero on the, on the Super Bowl, I had friends texted me. I, I, I literally had this conversation with my brother. I'm not even joking. Uh, the very next day after the Super Bowl, my brother called me to ask which teams he should bet on to win the national championship in college basketball. So uh, America is shifting its focus. They're they're ready to get excited about March Madness. And who do they turn to when they need to know everything going on in college basketball? It's us, Tate. Spoiler alert, it's us. Um, we are here. We are ready to talk about good guys. We are ready to talk about the bad guys, Tate. The bad guys came back. The bad guys are back in college basketball. It's exciting. And Sean Miller, he's a box guy. They said they got him boxed in. So back to boxes. Sean Miller is finally being boxed in by the FBI, the NCAA, whoever is going to investigate Arizona. So we got a lot to talk about today, so I cannot wait. We are going to talk about all that. We might even let Kyle turn his microphone on, depending on how you know how, how little he wants to talk about the Patriots. If he gets out of control, we might have to cut him off. But uh, we are going to get to all of it. But first. Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. All right, it's Tuesday morning. Uh, we are we are right on schedule. It is time. Um, I want to I want to start with this tape. Last show, I was getting a lot of feedback from people. They they were. Uh, uh, I, I want to defend my guys here. Uh, a lot of people were saying Kyle was doing scratch off tickets during the last episode because if you listen to the show, there was throughout the episode there was just a, a basically the noise of what it would sound like if Kyle was scratching scratch off tickets during the show. Um, I want to step up and t- tap my chest, take full responsibility. I'm old school with these podcasts. Uh, I print out my notes onto actual paper. I kill trees for this show. Um, and then I cross out notes throughout the show. And I like point, I move arrows around and I 
I, I don't know. I, I look like an absolute maniac with my notes, and I'm point. I'm like, let's go back to this. Let's cross this shit out, and that's kind of what happened. And I, I bring that up to say uh, I tried to fix my equipment, and um, I think it should be better today. But if it's not, uh, it's my fault. So I don't I don't want people to attack Kyle. Kyle Kyle does not deserve. Nice. Your, You're Kyle working too hard. Here, You're working too hard. Nice spin. And on the opposite end of the <laughs> I'm spectrum, I'm old school. You know, I got, <laughs> I got got my notes and my pens, and you know, I'm just working too hard. I'm I really guys. appreciate that, knowing that on my end, uh, the no school spectrum, I have no notes, and this is all freestyle, and it's 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 <laughs> you know, I just sort of let it roll off the tongue and see what happens, and. Uh, but I'm, well, glad hey, you, I'm, I'm glad you tapped the chest because, I mean, I, I tapped my chest having the flu, being at home, recording in bed. So Kyle had, <laughs> Kyle had a lot to deal with last week. So we uh, we will we will take all the blame for that. So please tweet at us. Please blame well, us. Please post on Reddit about how much you hate us. That'd be great. Tate, that's where you, st- you say you don't have notes because you actually watch the games. That would have been a good opportunity for you to be like, I watch the games. I don't need to write. Well, I don't, really I don't lie on this podcast either. Those are, the, <laughs> those are the two things that I must admit. Uh, but fo- football season is officially oh. over for me. So now that the Super Bowl has passed, I am like the rest of America, like you said. I am like your brother. I'm like Ryan Titus. I am locked in to the world of college basketball now. I'm watching mm-hmm. everything. And unfortunately, we both had to watch NC State and Virginia Tech play each other this weekend because, my goodness, that was an affront to all of basketball. That was what every single person that makes the joke or makes the quip about, you know, I just can't watch the college basketball. It's just not up to par for what mm-hmm. I expect from a basketball game. And then Virginia Tech and NC State delivered a 47-24 barn burner, to say the least. Uh, Incredible it, defense played by both teams <laughs> in this game. That's what I was going to say. So if you enjoyed the Super Bowl and thought it wasn't a bore, did you really enjoy the Virginia Tech-NC right. State game? Because you just pride yourself on defense. You're just a defensive guy. So that is really the test. If you liked the Super Bowl and thought it was a great game and thought it was a defensive showdown, then you like Virginia basketball. And I don't want to hear anything. Someone, I don't, don't want to hear any difference between those two. You like Texas Tech, you like Virginia, and you loved NC State's game on Saturday. Right, right. Ask Ask Trey Wingo how he feels about the uh, NC State game. Ask Robert Mays. I saw Mays talk, talking about. Uh, I saw him tweeting today about it, saying I don't understand why people think the Super Bowl is boring. Let's get Mays' thought. Let's call Mays. We should we should blindside Mays and see what are your thoughts on NC State scoring twenty four points in a Division One college basketball game. Your thoughts, Mays, and then he he would surely say great defense. Um, <laughs> I assume, this, Defense wins I assume this is where you want to start, Tate. This is where we want to start with our good guy of the week. Do you, Would you like to officially lock it in? Kevin Keats is your good guy of the week. Yes, lock it in. Kevin Keats, uh, and I will quote him right now, it was one of the worst games I've ever been associated with, says Kevin Keats. And, of course, we both know that Kevin Keats is a winner here on this program, so it hurts my heart to put him in the good guy category. But it got to the point where when Virginia Tech was playing on Big Monday last night, they're playing Louisville. We're about 12 minutes into the game, or we're at the 12-minute mark, the, the under-12 timeout. And they're doing the, instead of the stat tracker they used to do with Trey Young, and like they've done before with so many former guys, they're doing a stat tracker on how many points NC State had at this point in the game. And, you know, 14, po- <laughs> 14 points in the first half. I think Louisville had 14 points at the under-12 timeout. So they were just, they were doing the back and forth between the two games. And they, they just kept, you know, at halftime, they would say, well, you know, at this point, Louisville was outscored the NC State team by 28 points. And they just kept bringing it up over and over in that game, which was pretty uh, interesting to see. And then talking about just the history. I mean, we do believe in history here on this podcast. We like talking about history. This is the first time. It, a ranked team has scored that many points, the the least amount of points ever scored by a ranked team, uh, as far back as they can remember, 24 points, which is crazy. Uh, I mean, not to score 30 points in a game is honestly a, a, a feat that we never thought would, we never thought we'd see that. And the last time that they had that that few of points, there was no shot clock, and the score was 12 to 10, and they beat Duke. 
in the 1968 ACC tournament. So that was the last time NC State scored that many points. Mm. Nine for 54 from the field, two from 28 from the three-point line. Kevin Keats said at halftime that he just tried to make some jokes to make to make the guys laugh, but nothing worked. <laughs> they just they just didn't know what would happen. I mean, he, he went in the second half hoping that something would change. Nothing changed. Again, 10 points in the second half. Braxton Beverly couldn't throw in the ocean. Uh, two for 28 from the three-point line, like I said. And I don't even know... How to? I don't even know what you do after that game. He said he's not going to watch the tape. Roy Williams said that he would never show the tape to his team going into the game tomorrow night just because he didn't want to get their head that they could shoot this poorly because he said Braxton Beverly would probably make his first 12 shot, shots against Carolina. Uh, but that whole situation, that whole the whole fallout from it all, I mean, it was so perfectly NC State. And and I know you must be upset because ACC, they're going after your Big Ten quarter now. They're, they're going after they are. the low-scoring games. They're going both sides of the well, spectrum. The- Right. The um, you, you, first of all, Virginia has been been doing that for obviously a few years. Mm-hmm. Virginia's trying to to infringe on the Big Ten. Cease and desist to Virginia. First of all. <laughs> Secondly, yes. Uh, the the Wisconsin Penn State game from the Big Ten tournament a few years ago was the mark. It was the it was the screenshot. This box score tweeted out whenever college basketball is ugly. What, what was that final score like? Thirty six, thirty three, or something. Yeah. If I remember right, it was it was in the thirties. I remember some one team scored thirty three. That that was the the. The, the low mark, the bench uh, mark that needed to be cleared. And the Big Ten was proud of it. We said we play defense in this conference. We value possession. We bring the ball up. We hold on to the ball for 29 seconds before we shoot it. We play defense. We, we are not going to apologize for who we are. 36-33, we love it. This is Big Ten. If you don't like this, you don't like Big Ten basketball. I can't even say this with a straight face anymore. Um, but, yeah, NC State, this was bad, Tate. This was this was very, very bad. Uh, Braxton Beverly, 0 for 12. Markel Johnson, 0 for 5. These are guys that I enjoy watching play basketball. I said on this show that this NC State team felt, felt different. Um, maybe it's my fault because I said that the, the NC State shit that has been made famous by Pac Pride and, and other NC State fans, this idea that basically all bad things happen to NC State and always will, I felt like we were turning a corner with that. And then – Suddenly, out of nowhere, a 24-point game that, by the way, was not even on TV. I did not watch this game. I wanted to watch this game. As it was getting ugly, I was trying to turn it on. It was not on real TV. I could not watch this game in Ohio, uh, which might actually be a blessing for NC State. Although it might make it worse. Maybe maybe if you were actually watching, you could tell that a lot of these shots should have gone down or something. You could feel some sympathy. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you can see something. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, okay, well, they're trying really hard. Braxton Beverly is obviously really pressing, it trying is. to score. It was good for Jack White, who went 0 for 9 or 0 for 10 or whatever it was in that three-point game, and then Beverly goes 0 for 9 in this game. So at least someone there is with you, you know what I mean? I think NC State is at this point is Murphy's Law. You know, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And uh, and it, it continues to, to happen over time. And I think it was good for the headlines, though. I mean, they had their own stat tracker, like I said. I mean, maybe, maybe this is just a ploy to get back in the headlines a different way. Not not the not the way of winning, but in a way that maybe maybe this is a way that Kevin Keats can win the headlines, not necessarily win the game. You know how Kevin Keats could have won the headlines is in his post game press conference. If he just for his opening statement was like, "We just didn't make shots." <laughs> That's what he said. He said, "We just missed shots." I would have got. I would have got that. I would have got his face tattooed on my back if you would have sat down. and been like, <laughs> "It's a make or miss league, and we just missed more we'll li- than we made today." We'll, we'll and- line it up because we got to get his face on your back when you get out here. We'll go with Kyle. We'll go to the same tattoo shop because uh, he pretty there much said go. that he was like, "Look, I mean, we missed shots. I thought at one point we would start making shots, but uh, yeah, here we are. Here we are." <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, Virginia Tech. They played a hard game. It was twenty to fourteen and uh, a half. That makes no sense. 
It's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Michael Scott said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, Braxton Beverly said you also miss 100% of the shots you do take. Mm -hmm. How about that one? Yes. Zero yes. to 12. That's yes. brutal. The yes. 13th one, though, like to be fair to Braxton Another Beverly, dash. that 13th shot was going in. He just didn't get a chance to shoot it. Lucky number 13. That would have been. And how, how far away, how, how removed are we from the uh, – the, it was Clemson, right? That Brett Beverly hit the game winner. Yeah, it was against Clemson. Yes. That was like, what, a week ago? Two weeks ago? A week and a half ago? Yeah, about a week and about 10 <laughs> days ago, like, 12 days ago, something like that. Yeah, he hits that shot and you're like, oh my God, good things are happening to NC State. It's happening. And then here we are. Are, are you nervous about uh, Carolina playing NC State? That's tonight, right? Yes, that is tonight, Tuesday night are, in are Chapel worried? Hill. I am not. The, well, the law of. <laughs> the law of averages say Tate that that if if NC State averages eighty two points a game roughly, uh, and they score twenty four on Saturday, that means to to reach their to to, to find their average back, that means they're going to score one hundred thirty nine or something tonight. Are you scared? Uh, well, they shot sixteen percent against this Virginia Tech team, a team that North Carolina scored one hundred three points on. Just for the record, and mm -hmm. I will say this. Uh, <laughs> I am going to guarantee that Braxton Beverly will make his first three threes in this game. I can go ahead and lock that in as a as, as a complete guarantee. I wouldn't be surprised if NC State came out like, you know, barn burners and just try to blow out Carolina at home. That wouldn't be surprising at all. And the last time the Carolina had a win streak like this, had a four-game win streak, they got blown out at home by Louisville by 20 or whatever it was. Could be the same thing with Carolina. Kevin Keats, obviously a Louisville guy coming from Louisville, knows the game, knows the Adidas game. Uh, I could see it happening. I wouldn't be shocked by it. But... At the end of the day, they did just shoot 16%. They did just score 24 points. So it's hard to really be on the bandwagon for Kevin Keats. And that's why he is good guy of the week. Mark Titus, who is your good guy? He's a great week? man. He's a great man. And well, my good guy, I, I want. I had one more note on the uh, Kevin Keats thing, just because <laughs> the stat was funny and I wrote it down and I want to say it before we move on. Uh, NC State had 16 personal fouls and 10 turnovers, which means they had more fouls and turnovers than points. They had 26 fouls and turnovers and 24 points. And that's funny. That, that, that rarely, mm. rarely happens to you, So That's a very YMCA stat, yes. Good job. Um, all right, my good guy of the week. Uh, this is just spoiler alert. The whole show is going to feel like deja vu for the stuff that's coming out of my mouth because I'm pretty much running back my good guy and bad guy from last week. And if you paid attention to last week, you know what's coming. If you did not, you don't need to listen to last week's show because I haven't covered. <laughs> my good guy for the second consecutive week, Tate, is Tom Izzo. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. The Indiana Hoosiers were on a seven-game losing streak. The sky was falling. People were calling for Archie Miller's head. They were saying, is this the man? Where is Tom Crean? Please come back, Tom. Uh, Michigan State lost at Purdue. We we talked about it last week. We were talking about the Josh Langford uh, mystery injury, and we were making jokes about that. And literally, as we were recording the podcast, he still we may come back. That Josh Langford, I'm, I haven't written him he off He was out yet. for the year. Out for the year. Out for the regular season in my head is what they said. We'll see what happens. Exactly. People forget they said Michael Porter was out for the year last year as well. So, hmm. Mm. Just think about that one. Mm. Chew on that one, folks. Um, anyway, uh, IU's coming into to East Lansing. IU is in shambles. They can't get it going. They're, they got they've, they've lost to Rutgers. They've lost to Northwestern. They've they've lost seven in a row. Michigan jumps out to a seventeen zero lead on IU. The, the sky is definitely falling in Bloomington. It is nothing can go right. And then in the first half, Jawan Morgan. Injures his shoulder, does yeah. not return to the game. In what world could IU possibly win this game, Tate? I'm going to tell you. In the world where Michigan State shoots 8 for 22 from the free throw line, <laughs> it's that world. Mm -hmm. In a world where Deron Davis is 
fucking shack in this game. And IU IU beats Michigan State. So there you have it. Tom Izzo, uh, he, he noticed that IU needed a win. He noticed that his, his buddy Archie was struggling, and he uh, threw him a bone. And that's that. So had to run it back. And I will say, the day before that this game happened, the day before I, wa- I watched this entire game, you'd be very proud. I was very uh, Big Ten-centric in this game. Very proud of Romeo Langford for really just sort of the Indiana offense at one point, they just looked at Romeo Langford and were like, you pretty much have to score every single time for us. So it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Devontae Green hit some big threes in that game, which was nice to get him back in the lineup, which you know was good to see if you're an Indiana fan. But it was kind of just a shocking, just one to two every single time that Cassius Winston was pretty much the only guy on the team that could make a free throw, and anybody else they put on the line was a complete miss. Tillman had some moments, I guess, in that game where it was sort of, you know, working out for Michigan State. Nick Ward, <laughs> they pulled him, kind of, you know, put him mm-hmm. on the bench down there for the stretch, and Romeo made some big shots, went to overtime, which was great. But the day before, Freezing Cold Takes, which is a, a Twitter account that takes things that I say from the past uh, and then likes to retweet them when <laughs> I'm completely— exclusively you, no one else. <laughs> I, it tends to be a lot of me because I'll say a lot of things, and I don't realize that like people live in the world of predictions, and they like to check on predictions. But anyways, they retweeted uh, from November when I tweeted at you just because we were at Indiana and Bloomington, and we were trying— It was a sponsored content post. It was Indiana's back, mm-hmm. mainly because OSP is in Bloomington. We were there. We were having a good time. And they took that, tweeted that out, And then the next day, Indiana came through and delivered for your boy, making it look like as if Mm. I was setting it all up for this big moment in Indiana basketball. So I really appreciated Archie and all the boys coming together and making it happen. We needed that. Uh, Way to go, Bloomington. Way to go, Indiana. It was a beautiful moment for everybody around uh, all of the Big Ten, I'm sure. And Tom Izzo, I mean, after the game, he, 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 the, here's the headline from the Detroit Free Press. Michigan State is looking ahead, not back, to try and snap losing skid. You know what I mean? They've already moved on. Mm. It wasn't even a big deal for them to lose this game. I think it's more of a lesson to be learned. But you know what I liked? Uh, you talked about Lingford. I liked him on the bench. I don't know uh, how much of it is a little bit of a show. I don't know how much of a show he's having over there. But he really is sitting over there trying to coach. You know, like people were coming to the bench and he's like getting in their ear, giving them, you know, a little bit of juice or whatever it may be. You know, whatever whatever he's got going uh, on in his mind. I really enjoyed that. I was like, okay, we got Lingford on the bench as a nice little player coach here. I'm enjoying this. We need more shots of this. And Izzo just seems sort of unfazed by it all. I think that they're playing the long game, as we've said plenty of times on this podcast. So no no worries for, you know, the whole situation with Michigan State. But also, kudos to Indiana. We needed it. Uh, the people of Indiana needed it. And you needed it, Mark Titus. So I was happy to see that. I definitely needed it. Did you are, – are the trolls getting into you, Tate? I'm worried about you. We, you you're talking about the Reddit trolls. You're talking about the, the, the freezing to- cold take trolls. Well, they're not. Do they're we not getting. Cleansing? They're not getting to me. It's just that you know I couldn't imagine spending my time doing what these people do. <laughs> I just couldn't imagine. I can't imagine people spending their time Listen, listening to all this. But I also Tate, I love you if, all, and I hope you have a great. If you day. feel like the general public is turning against you, just remember the immortal words of Evan Turner: "Jesus was hated too." Just remember <laughs> that that Jesus Christ was was hated by people that he was around as well. So. uh yeah, just just remember that. Um, <laughs> I could never imagine having the bravado to compare yourself to Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, the, uh, Unless you're Joseph the, Smith the trail- and you have the tablets, <laughs> I just don't understand how you could ever do that. But I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for that safe Evan, advice. Evan, the fans seem to be booing you when you threw the ball <laughs> into the 12th row for the fourth time in a row. Uh, do you have any comments on this matter? Yes, uh, Jesus was hated too, so please... <laughs> So in a, in, a, in a weird way, I actually am. <laughs> I am the savior of this team. Uh, <laughs> I am the Messiah, <laughs> the turnover Messiah. Uh, uh, 
I didn't tell you this day. I, I buried the I, I I failed to to mention the best part of the story. Last week when I put Tom Izzo on as my good guy of the week, uh I got a I, I'm not gonna out my sources. Jeff Goodman told me not to do that, but um a source within the Michigan State basketball program reached out to me and said that Izzo is aware of his good guy status. <laughs> like he 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 does not listen to the podcast, but someone on the staff listens to the podcast and tells him and he thinks it's funny. And so the whole the whole thing where we're joking about like Izzo's comments in the media, like I'm starting to get a big ego about this where Izzo's comments in the media where he starts saying like, I'm not hiding Josh Langford's injury. This isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not purposely trying to keep things from you guys. There's not a conspiracy. All these quotes that he keeps saying, I'm slowly talking myself into maybe he is speaking to me, Tate. I think so. I'm I'm slowly convincing myself that. that Josh Langford's not hurt, but he is saying he's out for the year despite us, despite the media, the big media that he's turning on. I mean, maybe he just is like, I got to prove a point here. Josh, I wish he could play, but you just got to coach on the sideline and sit this one out because Mark Titus needs to learn a lesson. So maybe that's what it is. I think there's something to that. I think, you know what? I just I just now realized maybe we should do, uh, maybe Tom Izzo shouldn't be the good guy of the week this week. It should be Dane Fife, Michigan State assistant, who is an IU. I almost said IU legend. I think Dane Fife would love for me <laughs> to call him an IU legend. In my eyes, eighth grade me would have said he was an IU legend. Um, he's an assistant coach on Michigan State. Do you think it's coincidence, Tate? that Dane Fife's alma mater comes into the Breslin Center in desperate need of a win, and then Dane Fife's team delivers it to him. I don't know. I'm just trying to connect some dots here. Let's look at the scouting report. He's like, just um, leave him open. I want to. I want a few comments about Indiana, though, because I was, I was planning for this podcast to talk about Indiana's downfall and how IU sucks now and just the, the sky falling in Bloomington and all that kind of stuff. Um I'm I'm trying to I'm gonna do my best to not do like revisionist history and say that I called this all along because I definitely did not. So if if I if if the tone you're if you if you seem to be interpreting a tone for me as though like I knew all along that IU was going to go into Michigan State and win, that's not what I'm trying to do here. Uh, I'm just trying to like reverse engineer how it is that this IU team, when it looked like they'd given up on the season, can beat the number six team in the team the number six team in the country on the road. Uh, the team that some people thought was the best in the Big Ten, all that kind of stuff. Um, and here's 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 the thing that that does stand out to me, Tate, is IU like defensively, IU has not been bad in the, in this stretch where they've been horrible. I, I mean, they haven't been, you know, they're not Virginia and Texas Tech and Michigan out there, but uh, I, I feel like defensively, you watch these games, they have the athletes and they're, they they kind of understand Archie's system enough to guard decently well. It's just that the offense has been horrible. They've had no post presence and they basically had no post presence whatsoever. I mean, Jawan Morgan can go down there and post up, but that's not. Like Juwan Morgan on the low block works because it's just like a sampling of his. You don't want that to be the main course with him. You just want him, he's he's versatile. That's what makes him so good. You don't want him just going down on the the block and posting up every single time down the court. Uh, so they needed they needed a post up guy, and their three point shooting is really the the big thing. It's been horrendous. They, yeah, they've not been able like to shoot threes. Twenty one percent, something yeah. like that, in Big Ten play, yeah. something crazy. Yeah. So. They get Deron Davis back. Uh, he's got he's had the bum ankle for a little while, and he's he's kind of been out of shape. He's been battling injuries and also like just being a little out of shape his whole career. Uh, he plays twenty five minutes in this game against Michigan State. Tate, try to guess how many times Deron Davis, who is a junior, has played twenty before that game against Michigan State. How many times has he played twenty five minutes in a single game? Zero in his entire career. Zero. One other time Damn. against like a, a shitty non-conference game. It was like Hampton or something like that. Um, so you get him in there, and he's he can actually play a little bit, and he's 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 his conditioning is oh decent enough, and he's not hurt, and everything's going well. He made a huge difference, 
And then Devontae Green is back from his suspension, his mysterious suspension that every single person on earth knows what the suspension actually was, even though they haven't actually disclosed it. Um, he gets back from suspension, and he goes three for four from the three-point line, and then Al Durham starts hitting threes as well. Romeo hit one, step back. That was pretty awesome. So my point is, like, it does. It like makes sense now that it happened, and I, I understand you can roll your eyes at this comment, but like now that the now that IU beat Michigan State, it's not it, it's not like a game that I look back on. And I'm like, wait, how did that happen? It kind of actually makes sense to me how it happened. Um, this isn't this isn't the IU Duke game from 2002 in the tournament where I look back on that and I still all these years later have no fucking clue how Indiana beat Duke that day. Um, this is not that. This is a game where I was like, yeah, I mean IU has players. Uh, Jawan Morgan going out, I don't think it necessarily was a good thing for IU, but uh, they turned it into a positive. Deron Davis played more. He was a post-president. He was commanding a double team a little bit. He was hitting those baby hooks. Um, yeah, they're coming around. So uh, it's, it's in a weird way, um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with, with all this. <laughs> in a weird way, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> in, a, in a weird way, I was going to say, I mean, do you think it's a it's a, one of those things where Langford's been number two to Morgan all year, and then Morgan goes down in this game? Because it did feel like, at a certain point, like I said, Archie Miller was just looking at Romeo Langford and was like, you got to go ISO and get a bucket yeah. for us. And Romeo started That's to do that. That's why I said that. in a weird way. He got, he got, like, in a little bit of a groove. And then even Forrester, like, I haven't seen Jake Forrester play that much. I knew when he came in, uh, you know, when he was getting recruited and everything, he came in this game and gave, you know, a, a few good minutes. And then Justin Smith had a good game. I think he had a double-double as well. So, I mean, there, there was – if you just looked at the two teams on the floor, Indiana looks like the more athletic team and the team with more length and the team oh, yeah, that, they definitely that would be more imposing. Um, but Michigan State just usually plays a better game. And then this one, Indiana found a way to win because of Romeo Linkford pretty much. Thank you for thank you for saving me because I was very close to saying uh, I use better without Juwan Morgan. I was, that That's was the road I was heading down. Yeah, the, the Morgan theory. There you go. I was like, someone please, please step in and save me. Uh, I, I will also. There's also this note. Uh, five of five of like Indiana's seven game losing streak. Five of these games were on the road. Now one of them was at Northwestern, who's not good this year. I know that. One of them's at Rutgers, who is better than they usually are, but it's still Rutgers. Um, but five of these five of the seven games were on the road. Uh, the other two, they have Michigan at home. Michigan, obviously, is a great team. Um, we've been talking about Michigan all year. And then they played Nebraska at home, and Nebraska beat them. They should have won some of these games. There's no doubt in my mind they should have won. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to provide a little context. Like, you have a young team playing five out of seven on the road, uh, really six out of eight because the Michigan State game is on the road as well. They just they just happened to win it. Uh, so when you really step back and look at, like, what it was that just happened with Indiana, um, it's easy to say now because they won at Michigan State. But – uh, the sky was not necessarily falling. It was, I mean, they have they have injury. Do you realize that only three guys on the roster have played every single game? Tate, Romeo, Jawan Morgan, and Justin Smith. And Romeo has had the the, the bad thumb all year on a shooting hand. He's got it taped up. Uh, and and then Jawan Morgan just hurt his shoulder, and he's. I think he's. I think they said he's going to be fine, but I mean, he was for all intents and purposes out for most of that Michigan State game. So they they've been dealing with injuries. They've been dealing with suspensions. They've been dealing with like. Zach McRoberts being a pivotal part of this team <laughs> coming into the season. They've been dealing with a lot of things, and uh, hopefully this is what they needed to get to get it on the right track because I do think they are a good team. I think Romeo – I mean, our, our friend friend of the program, Mike Rutherford, writing just blasphemous articles about Romeo saying he should have gone to Louisville and he's wasting his year at IU. And and this is the rhetoric around Romeo Langford right now, Tate, and I won't stand for it. And I'm excited to see that uh, they might be turning this around. So 
And, that's that. That's all I have to say about that. And Indiana has the resume. I mean, they have a win over Louisville. You know, I mean, they have some games out of conference where they do have mm-hmm. uh, things that will help when we get down to the tournament time and, and sort of figure that stuff out. You mentioned Mike Rutherford quickly before we get to bad guy. He uh, he brought up this Buzz. So Buzz Williams, obviously, last night Virginia Tech loses to Louisville. And after the game, uh, Buzz Williams was talking about the net ranking. Did you see this? Mike Rutherford. I'll give Mike. Hilarious. Yeah, Mike Rutherford gets credit for this. Uh, pulling this up, he said, "Interested here, Buzz talk about uh, they didn't foul at the end of the game, cutting lead to eight because a single digit loss doesn't hurt you in the net as much as a double digit loss." And then Buzz went on to say that a lot of coaches are doing this where they'll do whatever they can at the end of the game to make sure that it's a single digit loss just so it doesn't affect. And it comes down to probably minute, you know, little decimal points at the end of the day for uh, as the impact on the net. But this is how crazy these coaches are because no one knows what the formula is. The formula is like, mm-hmm. you know, this big, crazy thing that no one really knows how it exists or how it works. But, you know, we just know that there is a formula, allegedly. And uh, Buzz Williams has done his research and, and has figured that out, that you need single-digit losses and you need double-digit wins. So they hit a three in that game in the corner, and they don't foul just to make it an eight-point game and or an eight-point loss. Well, before yeah. they hit the three, before they hit the three, they're down, down 11. 11 with like 20 yep. seconds left, and they call timeout to draw up the three. <laughs> Yeah, they drew up a play yeah. just to affect the net ranking, which, I, I mean, that that is a new age of college basketball where we get way into the weeds as far as the analytics and uh-huh. how this stuff plays out. So I, I found that very, very interesting, especially for Buzz to go out and say that. And I think it was because it seemed like somebody else did that to him. And therefore, because he, he was like, we're not the first to do it. I'm not the first to do it. I'm just pointing it out because it's been happening to us. We've been keeping an eye on it, yada, yada, yada. So he, he thinks teams that are, you know, certain teams are sort of trying to play uh, in favor of the net. Sort of like your team, the original yeah. number one net team. Maybe maybe they knew something about this. Maybe Holtman knew the formula from the start. I don't know. Hang a banner in the Schottenstein Center, the first ever number one team in the net. Uh <laughs> I think stat nerds have gone too far, Tate. That's where I'm. I'm slowly getting to that point. I was. You think? I was converted. Uh, I was a meathead jock my whole life. Um, who just said, you know, I, I'm an eye test guy. I start. I got into the business. I was co- covering college basketball. I started getting into the metrics. I started uh, to believe in in some of this stuff, and I, I was like, wow, this is good to know. These these are good. Think these are good tools to have. <laughs> Ken Palm is great. God bless you, Ken Palm. I love all this stuff. This is great. This is very helpful for my job. Um, I'm into this stuff. I'm back to the point now. We're 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 that's basically point shaving, is it not? Buzz Williams is point shaving. <laughs> um, I'm back at the point, Tate, where I just want like, can we settle these this stuff when it comes time for selection show? Can we get back to like just guys yelling louder than other guys? As you, you don't really need to make your point, just just yell, just be like, Gonzaga is the best team. They deserve a one seed, and then you're like, well, why? And you're like. Because I watch the fucking games, goddammit. They're the best team. <laughs> they just start really barking at each other. Yeah, let's, let's get yeah. back to that. Let's stop using numbers and let's Bring start back to the, pure force. The old Big force. East, man. Yeah. That's, that's, how they, that's how they settled the seeds for the Big East tournament back in the day. Did you it, know that? It All the coaches got in a room. It wasn't about it. record. <laughs> no. You, people would go in and whoever came out last was the number one seed. Lou Carnesecca pinned Jim Beheim up against the wall one time just grabbed his neck and pinned him up against the wall and he said i'm taking the fucking five seed you're gonna have to settle for the six and it was crazy it's a story they still tell to this day and jim calhoun was just smoking a cigar kicking his feet back laughing at the whole thing yeah it was great he's like that's that's the 80s baby (laughs) god bless the old big east um all right let's move on to bad guys there's there's plenty of bad guys to choose from uh you brought up the sean miller thing he's back in the news um there have been certain decisions going on (laughs) i i will always be courteous and let you 
take your pick from bad guys. There, there is plenty of sampling to go around. There's plenty for everybody. So I will let you take first pick, Tate. Who is your bad guy of the week? I think you were setting it up that you would think that I would take Sean Miller and he would be my bad guy of the week, and it would all make sense and all check out. But I'm going to save that for maybe a larger discussion. If that's your bad guy, my uh-huh. bad guy of the week is our boy, TJ Gasnola. Yes. And, and if you don't remember his name or what he's about. Just remember uh, that he is the guy that was with Adidas and uh, he was the guy that had a program, the New England, whatever the hells. And he was basically bankrolling his little AAU team. They were, they were writing in the budget that he was getting $65,000 and based on receipts. Now it was upward to a million dollars. Wait, what? (laughs) A million for just the New England lobsters or whatever his AAU program is called. <laughs> I mean, so they so they're they're bringing in a million dollars. The Oregon the or I guess the what is it? Yeah, the Oregonian. Yeah. So this is Oregon Live. They did no, like say a, that again. Say that again. That was fun. Say <laughs> the it again. Oregonian. Uh something like that. The Oregonian, they they wrote this whole big report uh where they basically are they're pulling the Yahoo card. They're they're doing the research. They're they're going into the the brands and they're interviewing people at Adidas, all under anonymous anonymous sources, you know. Basically the whole point is Gasnola, he had been reprimanded however many times. I mean, like 2006, they were like, you know, this guy is doing some shady stuff. And then one time he got caught paying kids. And then he used the excuse, like, if a kid needs $40 for lunch, what am I going to do, not give him $40 for lunch? And then they were like, it's one thing to give him 40 yes. TJ. But let me just tell you, 40000 for lunch? My God, that's a little right, that's right. a little that's a little too on the nose. I don't know how many lunches he's gonna get with that. Uh, and then Billy Preston comes back up in the story. So it, it, basically, they've just been following the the Adidas money, and they have all the stuff. Uh, you know, Gasnola talking to Gatto, uh, talking about uh, Gasnola reprimanding Gatto because he didn't get his reported two hundred thousand dollars in annual expenses that he needed for the year, uh, putting in invoices for seventy thousand dollars, and then putting it on a check as tournament activation fees. I don't know. How I don't know how these tournaments work, but my goodness, $70,000 to activate the tournament. That sounds like a lot. Uh, he, you know, they, he wired Preston, Billy Preston's mom, according to this report, uh, $15,000. And then, in the, you know, when he testified about this, he said, I got lazy. That was the quote that, uh, you know, he, he, he just did it. You know, he's like, I, he's like, I should have been better, but should have been more on top of it. Uh, but the entire my bad. <laughs> yeah, basically my bad. It was the New England players, by the way, with the Z, the play, not the lobsters with the Z, but the players. Uh, and over a two-year period, uh, basically they did this in August 2017. Uh, the sum of all the money that was involved in the New England players, one million one thousand three hundred thirty-one dollars for my boy Gasnola. Nope. And that's that's it, that is the definition of a bad guy, a hundred percent across the board. Checks every single po- box of a bad guy, uh, maybe even a bad guy, but definitely a bad guy. Uh, and here we are. I mean, Gasnola. The stories keep coming we're out. We're getting more and more and more. And I th- I just think we're in a good spot because as these trials continue to come, we get the April trials coming. We got more trials ahead. Yes, the, the scorched trials are on the way, <laughs> and and they're just gonna keep putting out more. Like we're just gonna get more stories. We're gonna get more of you know Nico Nico Mannion uh, wanted to get his BMW wash so. You know, how's he going to pay for it? He needs some money, so here's $70,000. Go get a car wash. Calm down. Calm down. (laughs) Don't you dare. Don't you dare bring my boy Nico Manning into this. I know. That was a segue into Arizona, okay? That was was the cleanest I could do. (laughs) <laughs> well, you you uh, the other TJ Gasnola thing is uh, the the DeSosa ruling mm. with with Kansas. Gasnola is yes. the one that was given. Uh, what was the guy's name? Finney Finney Falmain, I think was the Guardian's <laughs> name. That uh, Gasnola was given the. What do you give him? 
twenty five hundred bucks or something. And then there's like the report that he paid. He basically <laughs> he had to buy out the contract from Maryland because like DeSouza was going to Maryland, and then uh, he had to pay like Maryland twenty grand to get DeSouza to decommit <laughs> from Maryland. I don't know. It's a whole thing. It, that, that's the great part about these bag things. It's just. Who the hell knows what all the details, what actually happened? And Nobody, um, except for anyway, all the bad guys. But also, I want to point out that the Adidas team led by Gasnola, they refer to themselves as the Black Ops. <laughs> they have an actual internal group called the Black Ops within Adidas, which is basically they just write little things like team activation fee, and then they just funnel money in, and then they just send it out Dude. where it has to go. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful process. And I just love the idea that they have Black Ops meetings, and they're all confidential. So it's like they don't have any books on these meetings. They're just like the Illuminati within Adidas that has a $900 million Listen, budget man. to figure it out. Beautiful stuff. We're still I, – I still have a pure heart. I'm not uh, – I haven't been jaded by the whole thing yet. But um, <laughs> let's just say I, I did start a foundation, Tate. I started the Club Trillion Foundation. And, um, you know, I, my, my intentions are pure as we stand right now. But uh, as I'm forecasting the next 10 to 15 years of my life – there might be a point where that foundation could become very valuable for you and I, and we could have black ops of our own. And if that actually happens, uh, Kyle, delete this entire podcast. Yes. In the yeah. Please None of this happened. <laughs> this is all off the record. None of this. Yeah. This is off the record. You can't, you cannot use this in a trial against me. And uh, if, if I declare that you can't use it against in a trial against me, um, you cannot use it. So I officially declare that. So sorry. Sorry, FBI. One, two, three, four, five. I fifth. win this time. Um, DeSosa, though, uh, uh, talk, let's talk about him for a second because he the decision was made, Tate, that uh, the, the NCAA rule that he is out for the rest of this year. He is out for, I believe, 40% of next year for uh, his, his, his guy, his, his handler, his guardian taking $2,500. The internet is outraged over this. It's wrong. It's wrong. Um, Where's Jay I, I do believe that he had no... I, I do under I do actually buy into the idea that he had no idea that this was going on that uh, DeSosa had no idea because um, you know I, I mean we're both kind of privy to these situations I'm not saying that the players don't know what's going on in every case but uh, I do think it's it's definitely feasible for a player to be pimped out without even realizing it absolutely um, so I am I do think this sucks that's where I stand <laughs> I do I, I as much as I want to make fun of the internet for like getting outraged about this decision because. That's my first impulse is whenever these things happen and people just get – they just clutch their pearls and are like, why can't the players be paid? And it's like because there are fucking rules and there have been rules for a million years and everyone knows the rules, whatever. This this situation does suck because I do think the kid didn't know. I think it's $2,500. And even if the kid didn't know, the the punishment still doesn't fit the crime, especially when you realize that Gasnola and Bill Self, there's all the – what happened to that? Like aren't, didn't we have like over the summer or, or in the fall, wasn't there a ton of text messages where – where Gasnola's like, I'll take care of it, and they, they sign the Adidas deal, and Self's like, thanks, man, it's, it's been great working with you, just want to get some more great recruits coming in, and Gasnola's like, I'll take care of it. And Am I wrong? Did, did, was there not that connection? And no, all, that, is... all that's been wiped. Uh, that, that allegedly was going on. <laughs> I, he had dinner with him. That's what it was. He Before his, like, Hall of Fame induction or something like that, he had dinner with Gasnola. I think that was, like, the big thing. And then they had, like, the text exchange afterwards, and... Yeah, I mean, obviously mm. we have the, the only pure thing that they have on record is the forty thousand of Dennis Smith Jr. New New York Nick mm. Dennis Smith Jr. But that's the only thing that they have. Like we know 
that this guy got $40,000. And, you know, Dennis Smith, I think everyone was just like, yeah, and I also don't play college basketball anymore, so thanks a lot. And I also didn't sign with Adidas. I signed with Under Armour. So really, really, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Gotcha, uh, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and gotcha. Uh, the Kansas AD, he came out and said that his uh, faith in the NCAA was shaken following the DeSosa thing. And mm-hmm. then... Chris Beard also got asked about it, and uh, where's oh yeah, I pulled this quote up. He said the NCAA does what they do, stuff that makes no sense. <laughs> I thought that was a good quote. It's like very open ended. No one really knows what he doesn't really say anything, but he's saying something. It's uh, I thought that was a nice quote, but I I don't know what so, Kansas like. Why would if you're the AD, why would you say that about the NCAA when they're about to possibly investigate and they're already doing the right. Arizona? Also, why would you open up that can of worms? Why would you go at them? Don't also, can we beast. reiterate that that the NCAA is nothing but uh, an organization that was that is run by the schools themselves? Yeah, and it, it, it's this is this it's is giving like yourself time out. Ab- yeah, this is akin to bitching about the government but not actually voting in anything. Um, this is like okay, so this is bullshit, Kansas. Uh, what are we going to do about it? What, what what do you say we try to form a coup and break away from the NCAA and start a new organization? What? No, no, we're not. We're, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to sit here and bitch about it, and and we're going to we're going to keep bitching about it and stuff money in our pockets, and then bitch about it some more, and that's how it's going to work. That and, is that is the one thing though I, I I am cynical about is all that. Like this this decision sucks, and I I really do feel bad for DeSouza, and hopefully he can find a way to. Uh, I don't I don't even know what his options are. Go to the G League, go to Europe, uh, file an appeal, get something like that. Like I think I I think Gary Parrish is the one I saw. His solution was uh um DeSouza should be eligible if he transferred from Kansas like that feels like a fair compromise where like Kansas no longer benefits from the whole the whole orchestrated because it was obviously Adidas Gasnola was orchestrating this whole thing and the kid goes to the Adidas school at Kansas um so like we can't you, you have to do something you have to punish him and that's that's one of the frustrating things that people and the reason I love making fun of people that get outraged over all this stuff is that what is your solution if, if you say DeSouza should not be punished, then how should we handle this? We should just let guys just get paid and, and, and all this black market shit go on. Of course not. Like something had to be done. Uh, so what is the alternative if not this? And I think, I thought Parrish had a really good idea, which was like, let him be eligible somewhere else. Like don't let Kansas benefit from this illicit activity, but at the same time, don't punish the kid who had no idea what was going on with this. That felt like a fair compromise. Let him go to Maryland. Let him go to the original bidder. You know what I mean? Let him go back to Maryland. Yeah, that's, there you go. That's, a, then, that's then, a fair deal. And then when Turgeon gets fired, let him let him transfer and like let him, <laughs> let him just go all over the place. <laughs> yeah, pull a Carlton Bragg. Um. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to my bad guy. Do you have? Do we have anything else on Gasnola? No, oh, I, I did enough. see this. Or the poor Gasnola. Uh, I, I had one other note. Uh, did you see the the or- Oregonian used a picture of Calipari and Gasnola in their in their. Uh, the, the headline picture, whatever you call it. I should know this. I work in journalism for a living. What, whatever the fuck you, the, the, the banner picture, um, the, the, at the top of the article, <laughs> yeah. um, was, yes, it's Cal- Nola was, uh, it's Calipari yeah. pointing at him. and was like, I offered him 50. So don't f- me over. <laughs> well, uh, Kentucky fans are not happy about this. And Jay Billis <laughs> tweeted, yeah, dude, this is hysterical. I don't blame this him. Is, I, I feel like that's a very, it's very pointed for him to be in that picture. And he's at a Nike school, so it, it really doesn't make dude, any I'm sense. Giving, I'm giving all of our listeners homework, and you as well, Tate. Um, so Bill has tweeted a link to this article and uh, offered his commentary, which was basically like, what What did the NCAA do? Capital letters, nothing. Um, this is wrong. This is wrong! 
he was he was doing that. Um, and he tweets the link to the article, and you know it's a good article. Everyone should check it out. Whatever. And then Kentucky fans like immediately go after him, and they're like, "This is irresponsible, Jay, that you're tweeting of an article about like shady recruiting practices with Calipari when Calipari did nothing wrong. He's not." He hasn't been indicted in any of this. What, like, please delete, sir. Please delete your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> and offer apology. And then, so the the best exchange was this. There's this there's this user named Big Blue Greatness where uh, <laughs> instead of spelling out greatness, it's that's an my burner to account. signify the national titles. Yeah, it, and it says it was it was at Tate Fraser was the handle. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says he replies to Bill's article. This is the most BS I've ever seen. Post this article with Cal as the cover picture when Cal isn't even mentioned or connected to this. That's very low of you, Mr. Billis. And Billis responds, don't be an idiot. Gasnola <laughs> is in the photo. <laughs> don't be an idiot. Gasnola is Don't be an idiot. Gasnola is in the photo. Grow up. It's an article. Read it. And then uh other other Kentucky fans see this and they start they're like, Wow, real classy, Jay. They start playing the classy card. It is fantastic. I encourage everyone to go. Uh if you if you're a fan of like the pat the the same vein as Pack Pride and um just watching Big Blue Nation kind of get their panties in a bunch. This is fantastic content. It really is. And Megan Calipari was she quote tweeted Billis's tweet, but she just basically said the picture's bullshit, but didn't really attack Billis. <laughs> so she was kind of on the fence. But um, yeah, you know that, what? That's my report on that that story. <laughs> you know what I really want? I want to do like a Yo Mama style, like open mic back and forth between all the NC State fans and all the Kentucky fans, and it's just like in an arena. It's in Rupp Arena, and it's just the middle of the stage, and they just go back and forth and barb words because man, that would be a Dude. showdown of the century, and it would probably lead it, to riots outside. Honestly, it would be perfect. Let's watch that. I, I would I would pay for that. I would pay five dollars pay per view. We, we just put a picture of Calipari a... and Gasnola and then Godfrey and Gasnola and they just <laughs> fight it out. <laughs> and then you step back and ready go and that's it. And you let them do their thing. Um, all right, moving on to my bad guy of the week. Uh, you, you did mention it. I am taking the pick that I thought you were going to take, and that is why this is a little deja vu. Last week, my good guy was Tom Izzo. He repeated this week. Last week, my good, my bad guy was Paul Whiteman, Arizona booster, um, and I'm I'm running that one back in a, in a similar way. My bad guy is Sean Miller Tate. Um, wow, Sean Miller was mentioned in an article, and that's all. That's enough. That's all we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and here um, we are. The the holy trinity of bag dropping journalism: Pat Forty, Pete Thamel, and Dan Wetzel wrote this article on Yahoo about how Sean Miller is basically back. Basically, Sean Miller conspiracies and Sean Miller discussion. They're back on the menu, Tate. Um, Sean Miller, in the article, says Sean Miller is expected to be subpoenaed. Uh, it, it, uh, what, what, here's the headline. With NCAA investigation underway, Arizona's Sean Miller faces complicated future. So mm-hmm. th- that, that's, the, that's the article that's getting passed around. He's expected to be subpoenaed. As you said earlier, a person familiar with details of the case, yes, a.k.a. Mark Schleybach, said that Sean Miller is really in a box. I don't see how he can testify in a consistent with his past statements. So, interesting. We're going to we're, we, we're I have never paid a recruit or prospect or their family or representative to come to Arizona. I never have and I never will. Sean Miller. I have never knowingly paid <laughs> cash to a five-star recruit in February to come to the University of Arizona. Uh, 
so th- there's there's also this. Uh, Miller Miller and Richardson were in frequent communication with Christian Dawkins, according to multiple sources. This is the this is the uh, Christian Dawkins is the one that is is fighting the charges, right? That's the big takeaway from this. Is yes, the expense. Some reports. of these guys are taking plea deals, and I think Christian Dawkins is the one that's like, "Fuck that, I'm fighting this." Yeah. And um, Miller and Book Richardson were in frequent communication with Dawkins, uh, which means, and here's here's the fun part, which means there's a likelihood that wiretaps of conversations between them could be played at the trial. Was Mark Schleybach right all along? That is the question that that everyone is asking themselves. So, um, really, long story short, we don't really have the juicy stuff yet. But this is classic, classic Yahoo reporting on this stuff. They are, they are getting us titillated, Tate. They are they are they are giving us a nice back massage, giving it, rubbing us. They're they're slipping their hand in inappropriate places. We're like, ooh, that's interesting. That feels nice. Ooh, ooh, and they're just getting us. They're getting us nice and worked up. They're, they're just getting us nice and worked up here, and um, hopefully something comes of this. But right now, it's basically like, hey, guys, remember that trial? This trial is about to happen, and Sean Miller might be in trouble. But he also recruits well, so we don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's the it's the Tony Blair, we don't know if they have. You know, It's like, we don't know, but then you say all the things that you probably maybe know. And also, Christian Dawkins said in this little report that he would go to Arizona practice like he was on the team. That was the quote. Mm-hmm. So if Christian Dawkins, if they have just tape of practice and they run that back in the trial and it's just Christian Dawkins, you know, they're hanging out talking to, you know, Nick Johnson or whoever it may be, they're just going to go, well, this is, uh, you know, not a good look, right? I will I mean, say this. What so can dude, we say about this? And in, in fairness to this whole situation, Christian Dawkins saying he was basically on the team is doesn't really necessarily mean anything. Because no, it means nothing. I still do that. Yeah. I still do that with like Ohio State stuff. Like if I, I, I yeah, don't but know. what's your it's, job? It's very dude. easy. Like, that's the difference, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's just I like I'll I'll uh, if I get you get a few beers with me and I'm feeling good about myself. Like I'll talk to people and be like, you ever uh, you ever go back to Ohio State practice? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm basically on the team. Like I'm there all the time. I, I go to like one practice every three months. <laughs> so who knows? Well, you you might have just been posturing in front of. But you also don't have bags of cool. cash with you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You're not you're not well, trying to solicit these players to sign with your uh, agency. So you know. Yes. Eh. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> I do not have. Bags of cash someone, someone, guar- Christian Dawkins to. said that he has been guaranteed that he could get all quote all the Arizona players. That was the quote that he was given from mm-hmm. an Arizona assistant, Pasternak, who's no longer there at Santa Barbara now, but guaranteed to get all the Arizona players. These are all the things that'll come up in trial. And his lawyer, like you said, so- Steve Haney, said that they will not take a plea like everybody else. They're going to fight this thing because they don't believe it is correct. They don't believe the indictment is correct. So Christian Dawkins is going to put it all out there, and that means content for us. Thank God. It, the best part about it is it starts in April, you said, right? Yes. So the season will be over, and we will just pivot straight into bag-dropping journalism. I'm so excited. That's going to be great. It, it, it's, it's, going, it, it's going to lead to nothing, but it's going to be great content for us. It's, I don't know, man. Can, um, I, can I ask you, of all the other schools that are, you know, obviously Arizona's got the NCAA coming, but we got Kansas, Louisville, USC, NC State, Oregon, LSU, Creighton, DePaul, Oklahoma State, South Carolina, Auburn, and a few others that are all involved in this in some capacity, I guess. Is there any team out of that list that you just see? I mean, in my head, I do have the team, but I know how the NCAA operates, and I think that they're going to go at that school, but we'll see what happens. But is there any team that you're just like, that – is probably it's not going to be Arizona. It's not going to be the big fish blue blood that takes the big hit. It's going to be another team that takes it. Because I'm mm. pretty sure DePaul is going to take it. 
<laughs> like, you know. No, no, leave the ball alone. Yeah, I think they no. made us go straight Don't at the ball. They're just like, I, I, they're like, all right, Lato's still there. Uh, all right, well, let's go after them. <laughs> we we've discussed you know, it, and we're going after the ball. You saying that? As I hear you say that, that reminds me of a Jerry Tarkanian quote. <laughs> um, and Jerry Tarkanian, I'll have to think about what he said. I'll get back to you on what he said, but I, I'll, I'll Google it throughout the show. And But I remember Jerry Tarkanian had something to say about um, Blue Bloods and Little Guys. Uh, and it became my, my only view on all this stuff. It's the only point I know how to make when these cases come up because I have no other, I have no original thought of my own. So I just regurgitate Jerry Tarkanian quotes. <laughs> All right, and we'll come back. We'll do Kyle's guy, Cal's guy, uh, all the many other guys. I wish we had a box guy this week. I guess we do have a box guy and a bad guy in Sean Miller, but we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Kyle Guy. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Hotel Tonight. This winter is a great time to check out Hotel Tonight. Whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip or escape to a warm beach, Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book a room with one of their last-minute deals. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. That's how Hotel Tonight scores such incredible rates. They team up with awesome hotels to help them sell those rooms and pass the savings along to you. And these aren't last resort type places. Hotel Tonight works with cool top rated hotels you actually want to stay at. Unlike other travel companies, you don't have to scroll through endless lists of hotels. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at great hotels, along with short profiles that have pictures and all the info you need. Even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last minute bookings. You can play things by ear or use Hotel Tonight to book in advance and when you join hotel tonight's ht perks program the more you book the better deals you get to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now but wait there's more tape with two-thirds of guys experiencing noticeable hair loss by age 35 most guys assume losing their hair is inevitable as they age some don't care some shave their heads some embrace hats but what they don't know is that there are fda approved medications designed to stop hair loss and even regrow your hair that's why we're we are excited at One Shining Podcast. We are very very excited. We can feel the excitement through our voices as we talk. To partner with our sponsor Roman, Roman makes it easy to get safe FDA approved hair loss treatment all from your phone or computer. Wait, what? How does that work? And when you go to getroman.com/shining, your online visit is free. Consult with a U.S. licensed physician through their secure online platform. No awkward conversations with receptionists or reading bad magazines in the waiting rooms. Once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you, Roman's dedicated pharmacy can ship you medication with free two-day shipping and discreet packaging. If you're noticing unwanted hair loss, starting treatment early is the key, and Roman can help. And today, Roman is giving One Shining Podcast listeners a free F-R-E-E online visit at GetRoman.com slash Shining. That's GetRoman.com slash Shining for a free visit to get started. Go to GetRoman.com slash Shining. It is free. That means it costs absolutely nothing. Check it out. Back to the podcast. All right, Tay, we're back. Uh, Kyle, it's time for Kyle Guy, the, the weekly Virginia update. Um, really not a lot going on. Virginia beat Miami by 10 on Saturday. We're kind of waiting for the uh, the big Duke rematch on sat- this Saturday. Yes. Um, is kind of where we're at. We're in a little holding pattern with Virginia. They took care of business against Miami. Uh, the one little note, Kyle Guy bought a puppy with his fiance. Um, it is He he named it Kenai Joseph Guy. So if you're scoring at home, Yes, Kyle Guy did give his dog a middle name, and it is the exact same middle name that he has, Kyle Joseph Guy. So 
there's your cow guy update. That's all I had written down today. <laughs> is that is that like a transitive thing? You just take your middle name and just give it to your. That's pretty cool. I like that. I like a, I like a full if, name for a dog, it, but real part of the family. And it's on a bye like week. He named it the fourth. Like he, he's <laughs> handing down the names. It's like like he names it Kyle Guy Junior or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are also Kyle Guy. So then we don't know who we're talking about. We're just like man, Kyle Guy had a big week. Got to play in the park. Uh, type- he should have named it. He should have named it. He should have named it Kyle Dog. Wouldn't that have been awesome? You Kyle, have Kyle Guy and Kyle Dog. That would work. Uh, can we talk about Ty Jerome and his injury? Because that's the real story with this Indiana team. Because if, do. if they don't have Ty Jerome, I mean, Tony Bennett came out and said he's going to all of his, uh, you know, basically all of his rehab and everything. They're going to see how he's feeling. I feel like they're saving him up for this Duke game. Uh, he just got named to the watch list for the Koozie Award. Uh, you know, so good things are happening in the Ty Jerome sphere. They played Miami without him, got the win. Uh, didn't really affect them, but so much. But I think Jerome, Guy, Hunter, all these guys, I mean, they're looking for a big game against Duke. They need a little bit of redemption. I don't know if it's going to happen, but just because, uh, you know, Trey Jones and what he's been able to bring back defensively for Duke is impressive. But Jerome, I think he's sandbagging a little bit uh, to get back for Saturday. I think he's holding out, getting himself 100% before he plays Duke, which I like because we saw in the last game, we need more from Ty Jerome. We need more points. What? We need more big shots. We need more FU moments. And uh, I think he's ready for it. I think he's gearing up for it. What? What is his? He, it's got a. He's got a back problem, right? Yeah, it's like a. Yeah, it's a, it, it. It's not. Well, a, you would know that then. Like, yeah, of course he's <laughs> sandbagging it. Like you, you just kind of. I wish if, if if you, yeah, if you feel yeah, you just kind of pick and choose your spots when it hurts is, is really all it is, right? That's what I that's what I'm hoping for. No. Tony Tony said he couldn't play today, which is a nice, you know, couldn't play today, which means, you know, maybe he wakes up another day and everything's feeling right and he can get things going. So uh, they said that he's fortunate uh, with the situation with Ty. So I think Ty ball game's coming back stronger and better than ever. That's all I can say. That's my cow guy update. It's all about game. Ty Jerome. I think Ty ball game, I think we're going to get a, uh, I'm calling my shot here. Ty ball game is coming back. Uh, for the Duke game, he's going to struggle in the first half. That's not, not even the first half. The, the start of the game, he's gonna. I won't, I won't even say struggle. He's just gonna be like out there, not really doing much, just kind of feeling it out, seeing how his back's doing. He's gonna dive for a loose ball. It's gonna hurt his back. Virginia fans are gonna put their shirts over their faces and and look like they're about to cry. And we're just gonna be like, oh no, here we go again. Whoever's calling the game is gonna be like, hey, remember all the bad things that have happened to Virginia basketball. Here's another one, folks. This is really Ooh, bad, and we're all worried. Mm. Then we're going to get the Willis Reed slash Brad Davison moment where he like pops his spine back into place. He comes back in, and he earns the tie ball game nickname, and that's what that's what I think is going to happen. Something along those lines. And then, and, I- and as soon as he checks in, the crowd's going to go nuts, and then he's gonna he's gonna yeah, yeah. Whose house? That's Jerome's it. house. Crowd goes crazy, and then we mm-hmm. get the after the game when Tony Mintz asked about it. He's like, yeah, he just tweaked it. Just tweaked it a little bit, bounce back. <laughs> That's what it always is. Back problems, you always tweak it. You know what I mean? If you're able to come back, mm-hmm. but if not, it's a it's a larger issue. A lot of soreness, doing a lot of soreness. Uh, that's all. That's the Kyle guy update, right? Nothing else from Kyle guy. I mean, Virginia, we'll wait for Saturday. That's the big game. Can we do Kyle's guy? Kyle, do you have a guy this week? I think it is time. It's time for Kyle's guy, and I want to preface it. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut Kyle off before he starts talking and say, Kyle, were you aware that there's a guy, a man, on uh on the Patriots, the defensive lineman named Lawrence Guy. I've realized this as I was watching the Super Bowl and going through the starting lineups. And I thought to myself, if I know Kyle, that might be his guy this week. But he's not college basketball. So I'm going to step back and let you take the floor, Kyle. But there's a guy named Lawrence Guy. We we, we should have been doing this all along, Tate, throughout the football season. 
giving giving us a Lawrence guy update, and Kyle talks about the Patriots for ten seconds. <laughs> Edelman! <laughs> it's his it's his man, not his yes! guy. Yes, he's he's my man. He's my man. Also, Edelman, uh, <laughs> the Lawrence guy. Oh, that's great. Kyle, I'm really happy for here. Here's a fun. Here's a fun little bit of trivia for the friends of the program. Uh, people might not have realized this about this podcast, Tate, but all of us were born in the same year that our teams won titles. I was born in 1987. That was the year that that Indiana won the national championship over Syracuse. You were born in 1993, the year that the famous Chris Weber timeout that we throw at the top of every show. North your North Carolina Tar Heels won. Yes. And Kyle was born in 2001 when the Patriots <laughs> started. So um, it's it's pretty great. It's it's, 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 it's a room full of champions. Winners only. Side note: I watched the West Virginia Texas Tech shootout last night uh, at the dark room. Derek Culver, I really like that guy. So just to keep it college basketball. I was hoping that Logan Rat would be your guy. The guy that tripped. I know. I, was, I thought the first goal was it. No, it was, it was in the background. It was in the background, but that was cool. Poor Did West- you see this, though, Kyle? Yeah. Kyle, look this up. Look up the guy who tripped uh, the Texas Tech thing. And Tate and I will talk about it, and, and you look it up as we're talking. L- Logan Rout, um, R-O-U-T-T, uh, number 31. And he's on the bench, and he basically just holds the guy's leg in between his legs. Uh, and then they check it on the tape. <laughs> they check it on replay, and it's blatantly obvious that he did this. Logan Rout did this from the bench. And so he's good. Al- and he's also wearing the Nathan Adrian 31, just like the real – the real number that you want for a West Virginia guy on the bench. And then he plays dumb. He's like, what do you, what? It's like, I'm getting escorted what? out. Why? What's, go- what's going on here? And then, <laughs> and then, and then you get the background of Bob Huggins, obviously called Texas tech classless when Texas tech beat him in Morgantown earlier in the year. And you know, this is the year of calling people classless. You just call people classless and you go from there. So he called him classless. This was their revenge game playing uh, in Lubbock, Texas against Texas tech. And then they do this and get blown out by 30 points. So it, it was uh it was a beautiful moment. Good job. Logan Rout from the bench. That was yeah. great. <laughs> it was a route and Logan Rout tripped the guy from the bench. So that was that was oh, a man. fun night. That was a big PI. Well, that was PI right there. Yeah. That's Monday here's, night. Here's my question. What is he supposed to do there? <laughs> what is he supposed to you know, like if the guy runs him over, that's not an offensive foul. So um, you know, if the how come how come the guy that's in the game is allowed to run over the bench, but the bench isn't allowed to fight back? When he like the, the Texas Tech guy, Matt Mooney, clearly Gets into his space, he should then be able to defend himself, right, Tate? Yes, that's true. Don't we have stand your ground laws mm-hmm. in this country? I mean, my God, what is he? <laughs> he was in Texas, so he was probably operating under that. Uh, right. Yeah, that thesis. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if if he would have shot him, it would have been okay. But he should... <laughs> <laughs> like that's fire. That's fire. <laughs> What's he oh, supposed yeah, to do? It's. It's great to have tripping back on the back in our. Gr- Grayson is very jealous of this. Grayson uh, <laughs> wishes he thought of pinching his legs together to, to grab another guy's leg. Yeah, we got to um, watch the next jazz game. He's going to definitely try to trip. So, like, poor Kyle Corver is going to get accidentally tripped when Grayson's going for it. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on to Cal's guy. Uh, my pick, and you can, you can feel free to disagree. John Calipari yesterday on February 4th tweets. Yes. Happy birthday to Dewan Wagner, who people forget is Cal's guy. Um, and he said Dewan Wagner turned 36 years old, played for Cal at Memphis, one year at Memphis. And he said he reminded the, the folks that He's, nobody has ever scored more in a single season for John Calipari than Dewan Wagner did in his one and only season of college basketball. So uh, 
I think that has to be the guy of the week. Um, and that would that would definitely be surprising. I think if people, if you did a trivia question, you said who had the the highest scoring season under John Calipari of all time. Uh, I don't think Dewan Wagner is the name that people are coming up with, but it's true. I fact checked it. It's true. And actually, he called him enough, his number so one. Wagner scored. Who's that? He called him his number one. Wagner. I mean, he oh, really. He, did, he, I mean, he actually used the phrase "You are my number one." Yeah, he was like my number one. Um. So Wagner scored 762 points uh, in 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 his one year at Memphis. Um, Malik Monk scored 754, so it was eight points less than Wagner. Tate, this will blow your mind. Malik Monk's birthday also yesterday, February fourth. He turned 21. Did Cal did Cal tweet out to Malik Monk that he was his number two? Yeah, he did. He actually did. He didn't say he was the number two. He just said happy birthday to Malik Monk. Isn't that wild though? His top two scorers he's ever had in a single season were both born on February 4th. And then get this, dude. Jamal Murray, from my research, scored 720. I don't know if he's third, but he's up there. I was like just going through trying to think of guys. Jamal Murray scored 720, so he's got to be close. Guess when his birthday is? Also, fe- no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was, I was, like, I was like, if this is really true, then there's something going on here. I got to check all these zodiac birth- signs. Yeah, right? it's like this is some Danielle Monte like birth birth uh, certificate problems going on here. Uh, yeah, he tweeted at Monk first, actually, which is very nice. Double figures in four straight mm-hmm. games for my boy Malik Monk uh, is what John Calipari yeah, said, which, which is impressive. My cow's guy was apparently Brad Calipari in practice the other day made 50 straight threes. And I to, believe it. And to that, I say, show me the tape. <laughs> Release the tapes. Release John. the tapes. We got to see that. I mean, that's that's the best vi- that's the best viral content I've ever seen. If that gets leaked, uh, so I hope that comes out. Uh, waiting on that. They, so that was my cow's guy of the week. They they released the tape and it's fifty in a row, but it's like it's obviously cut. Like you could see it, a, a <laughs> jump cut from each shot. You know, and like it's in the kids' see, gym. See the it's a six foot goal. Yeah, you, it's a Nerf ball. <laughs> you could see the sun in the background, like. When it starts, like the sun's at one spot in the sky, and then it's like obviously six hours later when he finishes, and then they cut cut it up and say, "Here's 50 in a row, folks." It's all Pretty sped up with the little counter. <laughs> it looks like Ray Allen shooting in there. That'd be great. Let's hey, hope for since that. I brought up Dewan Wagner, I want to publicly apologize to him because I know he listens to the show. He there's no way he doesn't, right? Um, I I don't know if you have something like this that happens to you, Tate, where you misattribute. It's the uh, what's the it's the Mandela effect, isn't that what they call it, where you misremember something but you're like certain that it's true. My Dewan Wagner thing is uh, that I always think that he is Darius Washington, who missed the free throws in the Conference USA tournament. Mm. Like every time I remember the the uh, 05, you remember this, right? The, yeah. He was fouled down two on a three, then he goes to the line with no time on the clock. Makes the first, misses the next two. Memphis does not go to the NCAA tournament. Very sad stuff. Uh, brutal to watch. Even now, when you watch it on YouTube, it's like pulls your heart out of your chest. You're like, God, that sucks. Um, but for some reason, I always, always, always think it's Dewan Wagner. Like every time I think about it, it I, Dewan Wagner comes to mind, and I can't explain why or how or how. I, I'm really frustrated that that always happens to me. So I apologize to Dewan Wagner because I can't even. I'm sure I've told that story to people a thousand times, and I've used his name. Where I'm just like, yeah, that reminds me of the Dewan Wagner when he blew the free throws. And the thing so. is, as you're saying that, the person that you're talking to, which I've realized this recently, is you start talking to someone that, that has no idea what you're talking about. They're just like, oh yeah, for no sure. idea, for sure. Yeah, I remember that. Of course. Wow. Well, oh yeah, that's I'm, crazy. Of course. Like that's that the was, problem with that was crazy. 2005. Dude, what a time. That, I, I think that's why you and I uh, found each other. To if I can get romantic here for a second is. Um, <laughs> No one else would ever call me on my bullshit because no one I knew watched more college basketball than me. So I could just say whatever the hell I wanted and people would be like, oh, yeah, 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 that's that's cool, man. I, I agree. 
And then I think you were the first one that I ever met that I would, I would say something. You're like, no, nah, you're a fucking idiot, dude. That's not how it happened. And then, and then you met my, like, Whoa, and then you what, met what? my family and you were like, wow, Tate's the dumbest one in here. They know way more about college <laughs> basketball than he does. My goodness. Like, you know, I was like, I'm the, I'm the full trickle down effect of my family. I'm the youngest. So like everything has been passed down and like, I get everything wrong. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I'll be talking about my great uncle and I'll say his name wrong or something like that, bringing it up, you know, but at the end of the day, again, no one else can call you out on it. Cause as long as you say a name, you know, you can even make up a name. Like, man, I remember when Dewan Johnson had 45 against Richmond in 2007. People were like, oh, that was, I was like, I can't believe that. See, you know what my- I, mean? Eric, I mean, like, he did it against Eric Maynard, too. I mean, my goodness. What a, well, that was unbelievable. And then they just move on. My experience People are going to start fact checking this my- podcast now. They're going to be like, oh, God. The jig is up, folks. Like, wow, these, these guys don't have shit. These guys have uh, been lying the whole time. <laughs> My experience worked the other way with my dad, where my my dad expected me to know, like my dad picked up on really quickly when I was little that I had a great memory that I could, you know, when when in the year was 2003, I remembered stuff that happened in 98. And he's like, oh my God, how do you remember that? I was like, I don't know. It wasn't that long ago. Um, <laughs> but he, he, he picked up on that. Like I remembered kind of everything about games I would watch. And so he started like quizzing me. He would be in conversation with his friends and he'd be like, Hey Mark, uh, who's the guy on IU that uh that that broke his wrist in the '75 tournament? What's his name? And I'm like, I don't know, Dad. I'm eight years old. Why would I remember that? It was I wasn't even born. I was I was 15 years before I was born. And then and then it, you know and then he'll find out it was Scott May. And he's like, Damn it! How did you not know that, Mark? And so that that sort of stuff happened to me all the time. Not that example. Calm down, people. My dad remembered Scott May. I'm just trying to think of an example. Uh, that sort of stuff happened to me all the time that um, I started. All those people are like, oh, yeah, everything. Scott May, of course. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember yeah, right, 75. Right. <laughs> so I started I started just like I, I, I made sure like my whole childhood, I was like, my dad can never ask me anything and I not know the answer. So I got kind of good at bullshitting, but also like I would just study all sorts of teams and players and all that shit. Because if my dad came to me, he's like, Hey, who did Kazzy Russell play for? I, I I had to be able to say the answer like right away, or else um, I would feel like a. Or my dad would be like, "You're a dumbass," and I was like, "Dad, I wasn't even alive." Um. Anyway, yeah. Getting off topic. That, no, but it's it's a hundred percent okay after all of that. I'm yeah, glad you're okay. <laughs> no, it's it's literally it's so true. It's like the, it's like a test of life. You know, they'll just like bring up some random um, moment. They're like, "Remember when so and so did this?" You're like, "Yeah, Randolph Childress, '98." Crazy. Do you remember times. when? Uh, uh. Do you remember when? Dewan Wagner tried to get credit. They, they still do try to give Dewan Wagner credit for one and the done. First ever one and done. Yeah, he yeah. is the first one and done. World Wide West thinks that he invented. I don't know, man. He did. I would say uh, it's what Cal called him number one, number one and done. No, that's no. his guy. I mean, he's Cal's first one and done. I mean, the guy I remember. So like, there were other guys who were one and done before him, obviously. But I think the the designation is like Maggetti. he was the first guy who said, "I'm like." When he signed his letter of intent, he's like, I'm going for one year to improve my draft stock, and then I'm going to the NBA. And that's the whole situation here. Um, but even before that, like, Omar Cook at St. John's is the guy I remember. You probably don't remember this guy. Jim Cunningham would remember him. Um, I remember that guy, like, was supposed to go to the league, and then he's like, well, I guess I'll go to St. John's for one year. And he was, like, a year before Dewan Wagner. But anyway, I'm, it's I'm Cor- kind of fucking up the narrative. The I'll, answer I'll is Corey Maggetti. It's 1998-1999, Corey Maggetti. And he lied to. But did Corey McGill? He lied to Coach K. He was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll play here three years." And then he got done with the first year, and he was like, "All right, yeah. dog, I'm out. Like, see you later." Coach K's like, "You son of a." Well, maybe, maybe I just remember Maggetti. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember it as like Maggetti. I, I, I bought into the. Uh, I have to reverse 
I have to go back in time and change how I thought <laughs> about Duke all this time. Cause as I got older and I learned how Duke operates, um, but I, I, I bought what I was being fed back then that Corey Maggette was supposed to stay for a while. And then he just had a really good season. It was like, Oh, I'll just go now then, <laughs> which is a little different, but anyway, and then, I don't know what Co- we're about and, and then coach K like, uh, yeah, he like guilted Elton Brandon to coming back. I mean, that, that was a time that you couldn't come out and say, I'm coming to use your school for a year. And everyone was cool with it. You know what I mean? It, it was back then. There was a little bit of, uh, let me just say, it's not as, not as a lot more class back then to put it in terms of Bob Huggins, uh, with some of this stuff. But now, you know, it is the one and done. And Dewan Wagner, I'll give him credit you know, because he deserves it. The original Cavalier, the man know, that came to free Cleveland, save Cleveland. He started the trend. He got LeBron there. I give all the credit to Dewan. You know who? You know the one and done that gets no credit, and also the Duke player that gets no credit, and just like a guy who will, I feel is going to be lost to the sands of time in basketball history. Marvin uh, Bagley, really, really good. <laughs> yeah, Marvin Bagley, uh, Lou Aldang. I, I I remembered his existence when we were in uh, Minnesota. We went to that game, the Wolves game, and he was out there. And I was like, didn't this guy, didn't they go to the Final Four with him as yes. a freshman? Yes. And was, yeah. Is Lou Aldeng in the Brotherhood? Does he count? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't ask, know. Da- ask Danny Ferry. That would take a lot for people to get know. that reference. They're just like, oh, uh, Danny Ferry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Woo! Went over their head. Course, uh, uh, the guy that's currently negotiating possibly behind the scenes with Dell Dems to send Anthony Davis to L.A., went to Duke, had some not-so-nice comments about Lou Aldeng uh, when he was on the Hawks back in the day. But that oh, is, I remember. That is, that is the brotherhood, yes. <laughs> that, that is where the brotherhood stands. Oh, that's, so that's why he got kicked out of the brotherhood, or that's why... <laughs> not he didn't get kicked out, but it's just... You never hear Lou Aldeng as, like, a Duke guy. You don't see Lou Aldeng and think Duke. And... It's weird because, like, all the other Duke guys I do. I don't know. I was just trying. Maybe that's why. Maybe there's something to that tape. Yeah. <laughs> something to that. Um, all right. Let's, let's wrap this up. What else do we need to talk about before we uh, get out of here? Uh, quickly for me, Carolina wearing 1969. Uh, race 69, obviously, nice, always nice. on the top of the list here. But they're wearing the 1969 jersey for Charlie Scott tonight against NC State uh, at 8 o'clock. So that'll be a fun game to watch. We're in the throwbacks. Usually when Carolina wears some sort of new or something, you know, concocted by Jordan or Nike, they lose. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, so that will be my, my point to blame. I will actually miss part of that game because I'll be recording against a lot. So if they do lose... I didn't watch it. Oh, so they're definitely losing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they're, they're definitely, definitely probably going to lose this game, <laughs> uh, to put it all out there. Uh, and that's pretty much it as far as uh, the, the college basketball thoughts I have. I do have uh, a few NBA thoughts. I did, there, all these rookies, we keep talking about Luka and, you know, that sort of taking on the narrative. But, like, Marvin Bagley just had this 360 dunk the other night that I was watching. Mm-hmm. And Trey Young has been great. And Miles Bridges has had some of the most ridiculous dunks I've seen all season. So watching this whole class of rookies, I think it's a great class of rookies. We're only talking about a few guys, but I just wanted to point it out that I'm watching, I'm keeping up with some by, of these young guys, and they're fun to watch. And by talking about a few, you mean we're talking about one? <laughs> yes, literally only one. Yes. L- listen, the one. I am willing to come around. I- I'm going to say this. You can you can record this. Uh, I think Luca is an incredible player. Um, I think. Luca, what he did a couple days ago was absolutely insane. Um, it is something I will remember for the rest of my life. I cannot say enough good things about Luca Tate. Um, I'm talking, of course, with Luca Garza, the big man for Iowa. <laughs> uh, they beat Michigan. Wanted to give him a shout out. He had 19 and eight against Michigan. Playing well. Just took it at Michigan. Yep, played well. Played out of his mind. Really, really good. You can tell he has like he's more advanced. He, you know, he's he 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 has just a more advanced understanding of the game um, because his name is Luca. 
Uh, so Michigan, are we worried about Michigan, Tate? I'm I'm slightly starting to get worried about their offense. That uh, which is to say, like Charles Matthews has completely disappeared on the offensive end. He's still playing good defense for the most part. He had a few lazy closeouts against Iowa, um, where he just kind of got blown by when he jumped out at guys. But um, his 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 offense is non-existent, and in Michigan as a whole, their offense just feels like very disjointed. Like they don't. It's very, it's very strange. Like they've, they've gotten to a point where it feels like some of the guys that come in are like designated offensive players, and other guys are designated defensive players. And like Xavier Simpson's the only guy trying to play both, but he can't shoot. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like a, his one yeah. offensive move is a hook shot. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's never good when like the point guard shot his go to shot is a hook shot. I mean, I mean, I guess it works out, but yeah, I mean, it's uh. <laughs> That, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily worried. About, I'm. I am worried about what you're saying, which is like the the offensive side of things, where they've had the turnovers and then they can't score the points. It's sort of like Virginia Tech and Michigan are sort of similar to me, where they they can't hurt themselves because they can't score at a level at a clip to make up for those mistakes. So if they have games where they have high turnovers, they can't score themselves. They can't mm-hmm. shoot themselves out of it, kind of thing. And uh, so yeah, I, I, that's the only that's the only holdup. But. Michigan has the defense where they can play an ugly game and beat you by playing good defense and being able to get a little, you know, transition bucket stuff like that to to sort of get some wins. But I'm I'm more worried about Charles Matthews than probably anyone else in the country because uh, I thought that he was going to have his national player of the year run this year and it has not quite been that way. But maybe he catches magic in you know late February March and gets on a run like he did last year because we know Michigan after the plane ride they're all about the Big Ten tournament. So we'll see what happens. Uh-huh. He was killing in the non-conference. Like he played well against yeah. Carolina. He played well yep. against Villanova, and then he's just kind of falling off. You're not. You're not the only one that's worried about him. There's. There's. There's this guy on Twitter that uh, I shouldn't even acknowledge because he's gonna jerk off to me saying this. But um, this this Twitter this guy on Twitter when I said that Charles Matthews is the best player every time like every single Michigan game he'll send me Charles Matthews like shooting line and he's like hey dumbass. Your hero went three for twelve. <laughs> Your hero, and then he'll completely, he'll completely ignore the defensive end, which is okay. But whatever. Uh, moving on, Tate. Um, I know, I, I know, I mentioned last week that I'm coming around on Tyler Hero. Uh, I just want to double down on those thoughts that um, Tyler Hero is playing great basketball. Florida, Florida was up eleven, I think, in the second half on Kentucky. Yep. I, I, I continue to be very impressed with him. I'm, I'm kind of scared to talk about him. I kind of want them to continue to fly under the radar a little bit, Kentucky. Uh, I don't. I'm not a Kentucky fan by any stretch of the imagination. I just think it'd be kind of a cool story to have them get the shit kicked out of them to start the season and then slowly get better over time and then go on a little run. Plus, like, they have two games coming up against Tennessee. That'll be interesting with the for the SEC title, and Tennessee's the number one team in the country, all that. Um, but, yeah, Tyler Hero has I, – I, I added up. Someone tweeted at me. I couldn't believe it when I read it. So I went back and I, I double-checked. Kentucky is currently on an eight-game winning streak, Tate. How many in the, of those eight games did Tyler Hero lead the team in field goal attempts, would you guess? Mm, six out of eight. It's two, Tate. Nice. Two. So, yeah. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. I think, think nay. Um, I think nay. But, no, he's playing well. He's, they're, they're all playing. P.J. Washington's playing well. Ashton Hagan, all those guys. Kelvin he had a big Johnson. three in that I, Florida I really, game. They sort of just, like, sealed it yeah. for him when they made a nice little run. I think they went, like, on a 12-0 run or something like that. And uh, he had a big three, and Brad was going crazy on the bench, and Cal was going crazy. So, yeah, I mean, Kentucky, they've had some games where they've gotten down early, and they've been able to kind of scratch and claw their way out of it. And uh, Cal said that they were the most close-knit, you know, no-ego, mentally tough team he's had in some time. So, his guys – that's what he has. They're His back? guys, they're here. They're Are they here. back? Yeah, I think they're Are the here. Are the guys back? Yeah. Um, 
I also wanted to bring this up just and spend like two minutes talking about this for a second. Uh, the Big Ten, is it, it, does it have your attention yet, the Big Ten race? Because we, we did the pod, what was it, last Friday, where we were, I, I was kind of going over the, what, are the, what are the things that we're waiting to see and how there's not a lot of action going on in college basketball. And um, It was a foregone conclusion that it was Michigan, Michigan State battling it out for the Big Ten. And that was like one of the few things that was left to – to decide. And then now Michigan state's lost two in a row. Michigan just lost at Iowa, which isn't like an embarrassing loss by any stretch of the imagination, but definitely made them look uh, more beatable when, when Iowa kind of handled them from start to finish in that game. Um, and now currently Purdue is up there with them. They're all tied atop the big 10 standings Tate. And if you look at the schedules, the remaining schedules, uh, Purdue does Michigan state, Purdue does not have to play Michigan state or Michigan again. In fact, Purdue schedule this year, in the Big Ten, Tate, they only play Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Iowa, who are make up like four of the top six or seven teams in the Big Ten. They only yeah. play them once all year, and they basically play all the bottom teams. And Purdue fans are going to hear me say that as though I am bitching that they have an easy schedule and that they don't deserve the Big Ten. The real reason I'm bringing it up is because there actually might be a, a way Purdue wins the Big Ten this year with that schedule that they have left. Because they their, their toughest games left are like at Maryland – at IU, at Nebraska, at Minnesota. Like, those are their road games. Mm-hmm. Those are all winnable. Tough one in the I barn. Know, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's a chance. I, I feel like that. I'm still going to ride Michigan State because I, I think, uh, like we like we talked about with Izzo before, I don't know, this Michigan State team, I think they're the best in the Big Ten, but I uh, I would like to see Purdue. I mean, I think it's fun for Purdue to win a regular season in the Big Ten, and then we have a nice little tournament and, uh, you know, see if Michigan can pull it off again. And, yeah. I'm I'm intrigued with yeah, the Big Ten. Yeah. You know, things can happen. I'm, I'm intrigued. See, I'm intrigued. Is that the Levitard CC? Very intrigued. Uh, uh, Michigan and Michigan State still have to play each other twice. That's going to be, um, I don't know, it's, it, it is definitely interesting. I think Purdue, there is a way Purdue, if you're looking at the Big Ten standings and you're like, well, Purdue's going to fall back at some point. I'm just saying that's not necessarily true. I don't think Mich- I don't think Purdue is a better team for than Michigan and Michigan State. I don't think they're better suited for an NCAA tournament run than either of those teams. But uh, they still might win the Big Ten just because of how the schedule shakes out. And and you, you win the games in front of you. That's all you can do, Tate. That, that's what we know. Um, last but not least, uh, I want to do a quick Fred Hoiberg watch because uh, we, 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 we let this slip, Tate. On January 7th, Zach Lowe wrote an article about Fred Hoiberg. And there was this quote from Zach Lowe, or, or from Fred Hoiberg, I'm sorry, in the article. He said, I'm not prioritizing one over the other in respect to the NBA and college. The jobs are so different that you cannot compare them, so I plan on evaluating whatever opportunities may come independently. Uh, I don't know how we let this one slip through the cracks, but Fred Hoiberg is on record as saying he, he's willing to come back to college, Tate. That was the big thing. was like he didn't like to recruit. That was the big stories. Uh, he, he, he didn't want to be in college. He, he's got the Brad Stevens bug where I'm done with college. I'm, a, I'm an NBA guy for the rest of my life. But then this quote comes out that actually he's interested in college. So, yeah, just keep an eye on that. We got UCLA still open. Nebraska is an interesting one. They're on a five-game losing streak. Ten miles. This felt like this had to be the year for Nebraska, and it's spoiler alert so far not the year. So um, that could be interesting. The worst I could see, I could see Hoiberg in Nebraska. That'd be awesome, actually. That'd be great. I mean, he needs, he should go back to the Big Ten. That's where he belongs. So that, I'm hoping Maryland, one of those teams. The real the real thing that's going to hurt Hoiberg, which is happening at the moment as we speak, is Luke Walton's going to get fired from the Lakers. You know what I mean? That he's going to be done. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be Luke Walton deciding where he wants to be a champion. Does he want to go to his alma mater at Arizona? 
and try to be a champion? Does he want to mm-hmm. go to UCLA where his dad played and obviously calls a bunch of games there and try to be a champion and he can just stay in LA? That is the that is the next war. That's the bidding war that I have upcoming. Sean Miller will be gone. Arizona's trying to go for Luke Walden to get the splashy hire, get past everything. And then UCLA doing the same thing wants to have an NBA guy. So they're going after Luke Walden. And we can all all we can do is thank LeBron James for all this because now we get Luke Walton in the fold. And then Fred Hoiberg, we'll see where he goes. I got fingers crossed for a Big Ten team, hopefully Maryland. We'll see what happens with that. But Luke Walton's the one I'm keeping an eye on because LeBron's done. LeBron's done with everybody in LA. If if mm-hmm. unless you're LeBron's mm-hmm. agent, one of his friends, or you're Magic mm-hmm. Johnson, you're pretty much you're on the chopping block. You're right done. Now. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. It, that's what it is. I mean, get out of my way. They're selling T-shirts at Ralph's that just say LeBron James on them with the Laker, with, with mm-hmm. the L for the Lakers. You know what I mean? This is this is this <laughs> man's team. He has it all. And uh, you know, Luke Walden going to UCLA, Arizona. That's good for us. That's good for college basketball. So uh, that's what I'm keeping my eye on as well. Uh, yeah. The um, there's yeah UCLA will be. I I think Arizona, Arizona like they might wait until after Walton gets fired. That 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 actually is going to be very interesting to see if Sean Miller comes out of this. I don't know. That it's fascinating because I feel like I feel like if Luke Walton does get fired, Sean Miller like it's more likely that Arizona would fire Sean Miller, assuming that like they have reason to, assuming that, you know, from all these trials and the investigations and all this stuff, like stuff comes up that um even if it's just 50-50, which is kind of where we're at now, I suppose, is that they could probably fire him and no one would really freak out that much because we, we as much as we talk about this and as much as we joke about there not being a tape from Mark Schlebach, uh Book Richardson was still doing all his dirty shit and uh, with Sean Miller overseeing it all and the NCAA has kind of reached the point where you can't play the uh, I didn't know what my system was up to card I anymore. I didn't so. know I couldn't do that. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't work. I'm sure they could fire him but I think I think if Walton's available that, that makes it definitely juicier and we get we get the the carousel spinning a little bit, um, but yeah, Hoiberg watch. UCLA is open. Nebraska might be open. Maryland might be open. Those those seem to be the ones right now that I have my eye on. Minnesota, which is what I said from the start, I retract that one. It looks like old Dickie P is going to keep his job. Um, they're having a decent season. Penn State's going to be open, I think, but eh, we don't want that. What about Wake Forest? What about your guy Danny Manning Tate? Nah, he's good. They gave him that extension. They're right. they're sort of riding the wave there. All right. And Horde Horde will probably, Jalen Horde will probably stay next year as a sophomore, most likely. And then you got Brandon Childress as a senior. Jalen Horde is an actual superstar on your team. And then maybe you make a real run at trying to compete in the ACC. Uh, he does. Yeah, Manning is, but he's under contract to like twenty twenty five. I think. Yeah, yeah he'll so, be all right. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll probably keep him. He'll get one more year. We'll give him one more. One more year. Um, I don't know. Texas shock is always shock is on the hot seat every year, but not really, but kind of, but what even is the hot seat actually mean? We don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. So long story short, the Hoiberg watch, uh, we're not really, we, we have no more clarity. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We're no closer. We're watching, we're, no closer we're watching for Fred. We'll see where he goes and takes interviews. I mean, I think that article is, or any of those articles is more of a ploy by the agents to put it out there that, Hey, Fred Hoiberg wants a job, and he'll take any job you offer him as long as, you know, it's in the basketball world. And then, you know, I was in an office two weeks Mm -hmm. ago. Tom Thibodeau was calling, asking about all the jobs in the league, trying to figure out where he's going to go. So all these guys, they're just fishing around right now to see what's going to open up. And uh, let's just say it's a complicated future at Arizona, so keep an eye on that. Um, Before we go, I wanted to play this audio because it was hysterical. Uh, I don't know if you saw this take. Kevin Willard, head coach, Seton Hall. Um, they're playing at Butler and he tells his guys, uh, he tells one of his players, 
they're, they they have a mic up in the huddle, and he tells his player, "You got a seven foot one white guy on you. My son could go by him." It was it, it was great. It was a great moment. Um, play play the audio for us, Kyle. Let's get let's listen to this. There it is, rocking little heartbeat, Jimmy Dykes. Kyle, in all seriousness, play play it because I, I do want people to listen to this clip because it, w- it was really funny to hear a coach just like be that just honest. Like you have a slow white dude on you, take a vibe. So I, I I think we should actually play the clip. Play, go ahead and play it for real, Kyle. Sports. All right, that's the show. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back later in the week, hopefully. Uh, we, we we missed last Friday. We had a sick day going on. Um, yeah, I had the flu. Yeah, Tate was dying. With yeah, the flu. Yeah. yeah, sorry, folks. How is the flu? You all right? You good? Is the back good? Quick update for the folks. Yeah, it's something. It's uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to make it. I'm glad I'm all done right. with football. That's good. So That's fine. football's done. Just make it. Hold on, hold on. Basketball. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Give us an update as though you're Tim the Toolman Taylor. Just make a noise. Just make like a grunt <sighs> and give us an update <sighs> of how you're feeling. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas would be happy about that. Uh, that's all we got. That's uh, that is one shining podcast. We did it, Mark Titus. Moe's no barking this week, no speaking. We just Moe's is uh, so it is currently um, raining here in Columbus, and when it starts raining and it gets cloudy and and the sun doesn't pop out, Moses like is he's he's kind of an emo dog. He just likes to sulk when it's raining, so he just like curls up in a ball and lays on the bed and looks at me like, "Please fix this." He looks at me like, "Can you please do something about this rain? I want to go outside." Um, so that's, that is my way of saying he is currently not here. He is just sulking in the bedroom. You should have just said Jesus uh, was hated too. And I can't do anything about this. <laughs> We're going to get him though. Before, before the end of the season, that is the big, that is what America wants is to hear Moses bark on this, on this show. And we will figure it out. Um, but it will not be today. So check back next time. Maybe we'll do it next week. That's the show. See you guys. Thanks again to Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book awesome hotels at amazing rates. They're like a matchmaker between top-rated hotels with unsold rooms and people who want to book those rooms. And Hotel Tonight isn't just for last-minute bookings. You can book for tonight, tomorrow, and beyond. It's perfect for planners, procrastinators, and everyone in between. Find sweet deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app. Now, see you on Friday.